Hello, and welcome to the Stop Devaluation Podcast. I'm your host and founder of the Stop Devaluation Movement, Melody Hilton. The heart of this movement is to see the value in all of humanity and live courageous lifestyles of using our power for good instead of harm. We can affect change by choosing validation over judgment. And I hope you'll take your place and make a positive impact in this world. Each of us must confront the lie that we are powerless to impact our world for good. But Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, I am not interested in power for power's sake, but I'm interested in power that is moral, that is right, and that is good. See, you see, each of us can make daily choices that are honorable and just. Each of us have the power to use our skills, our voice, our message, and even our life story for the good of others. On today's episode, you'll hear a beautiful and influential global voice whose life and message champions both diversity and inclusion. I am just so thrilled to introduce you to Fazi Wande. She has become a newfound friend, and we have such a, a kindred spirit in our heart to impact our world for good, to cross the great divides, and to value all of humanity. Fazi, I want to welcome you and let you know how honored I am that you are on the Stop Devaluation Movement's My Story. I am so happy to be here, and thank you so much for having me on your show. I think this is amazing, and I've been looking forward to it for a while. Well, as we begin to talk, uh, I share much about how devaluation negatively affects us, and there has been injustice that has taken place in the life of every person on the planet, and so... I would love to hear your story and and just share freely some of the areas where you felt devalued uh, or felt injustice or the abuse of power and how it affected your life. Well, I think if I you know look at my childhood, I was you know born in in Zimbabwe, but my parents um, moved to America when I was quite little. So I think the earlier parts of my life, I had to sort of manage the cross-cultural communication stuff, mm. you know, being a kid from another country, um, trying to settle in, adopting to a new culture that's not inherently your own, mm. but trying to forge a path. So I think that was uh, quite difficult, not because of the way that I was treated, but I think in terms of me trying to find my identity in the place and what that meant, with all the things that I had heard about and I continued to hear about home and not being able to reconcile, you know, the things that are being said to, okay, so, you know, what's this place? If this isn't home, then where is home? Because this is all I know. And um, unfortunately, you know, growing up as well, I went through a lot of abuse and I think that had a, a real um, impact on me and how I saw myself. And I think, over the years, I, you know, I saw my self-worth starting to diminish. I, I, I didn't really place a lot of value in myself mm. because I felt like 
the people that are, were around me didn't value me. So that had a lot to do with how I saw myself. And of course, the saying is hurting people hurt others. And yes. so I found myself in situations and in relationships that really weren't good for me because I was entering them from a place of low self-esteem where I didn't have value. And so when I was treated badly, I felt like I deserved it. Yes. And so, you know, it took me a while to get out of, you know, that in terms of, you know, what I saw myself. And so I think for a lot of people, circumstances like I've shared about, you know, abuse can, can add to how we see ourselves, you know, your family situation, whatever that looks like. And also this whole cross-cultural sort of like um, issues for me, I would say those were the main things that really um, made me not value myself. And and through the experiences, there was a lot of devaluing where in the end, I just saw myself as worthless. Yeah. So were there some specific lies that you believed about yourself that put an external pressure on the inside of you to stay in unhealthy situations? I felt like I just wasn't good enough. You know, like everything that happened to me was my fault. And because I felt like that, I think I was putting expectations on myself and others that were unrealistic. And I think that, you know, this whole, our society is just really um, has an unhealthy obsession with what it considers perfection and because of that standard you want to be perfect in the eyes of people and so you're constantly striving to be that and so for me what happened was the lies that I believed was anything that anyone told me so if people told me um, Mm. that I wasn't good in a particular area there was no defense that I could offer to say actually I am valued or I am loved because you know, having gone through abuse, I felt like I was worthless. And so everything that happened to me that was bad, that was negative, I just took it to be my fault. And so I, I grew up thinking that I wasn't good enough, that there was nothing that I could offer, and that I was unlovable because those are the things that I've been told, you know, in abusive relationships is like you're unlovable or you're the one who's always at fault. And so that carried over into my work situation in the mm-hmm. sense that um, I, I used to believe these lies that I, I just wasn't a finisher. I couldn't finish anything. And so I'd go to a work situation and if you know, I wasn't happy, I'd leave. And so after a while, I just, you know, started believing these lies that I'm not even good enough to stay at a place. I'm not, you know, worthy enough to, of, to add value to a place. And so these are the constant lies that I, that I had. Um, to the point that it cripples you because yeah, yeah, you feel that you can't add any value in any situation. And I think the things that you're saying, so many people can relate and understand because they felt the same things. And we go through our life trying to please everyone around us, conform ourselves to the loudest voices to somehow generate value inside of us so that we fit in when in actuality we are designed to stand out and be uniquely who we are in our spheres of influence. And so were there individuals that came into your life that began to see your value and see your worth and see your potential? It's really interesting because 
you know, my experiences, the things that I was going through, I feel like if I had shared them early on, mm. I would have gotten the help that I needed. Um, but I was so ashamed of myself mm. and I had such uh, low uh, self-esteem and I wanted to be a people pleaser. So I found that I was always running away from confronting the truth. But, you know, my faith, I have to be honest, my faith played a huge role in helping me navigate a lot of those experiences. So within, you know, um, the faith context, um, I would have, you know, certain pastors along the way. But even in work situations, there were a few key people along my journey who still value in me and who started speaking things, you know, or telling me, you know, have you ever thought of, you know, before I even thought of being a speaker or thinking that I had anything of value to say to others, there would be people who'd say, you're very articulate. You know how mm-hmm. to break things down. Mm-hmm. Have you ever considered this? And, you know, constantly, and, and I had a good support system around me. You know, looking back, I can see that there were people who always pushed me to, to succeed. And I have been very fortunate that I have managed to always get really great jobs. And so within those jobs, um, you know, those particular places, there's always been somebody who actually sees something in me and gives me an opportunity to run with something. So there's been various people throughout the years who've mentored me, mm-hmm. um, who've, who've helped uh, chart my course. Um, I, I, one particular person was, because um, I live in Perth in Western Australia, and um, the U.S. Consul General um, for Perth, we happened to meet at an event and we just took a liking to each other and she invited me to a few of the events that they had. Well, that led to me doing like three programs for them. And so wow. it really opened a lot of opportunities for me in um, you know spaces that I never thought I could. And it was those kind of things where people have come into my life where I've met them and they've given me an opportunity and I've run with it and it's led to something else. So I think those belief, the belief that they had in me that I could do it really helped me start to accept myself and know that I had weakness, but also recognizing that I didn't have to, you know, spend my time trying to please mm-hmm. people or win that validation from people that I had something to offer. So that's really been great. So I've, I've, I have had, you know, various people along my path um, that have just helped me um, along the way. And in the process of you releasing the value that you hold is impacting the lives of others. And it really stirs and build confidence on the inside of you because you do have a voice, you do have a message, you do have solutions for your world. And the more you experience that and see how your life is impacting the lives of others, you're saying, I'm not trying to get value. I recognize I hold value and I just give from who mm-hmm. I am to my world. And it brings such satisfaction. And that's what you're walking in. And um, right. so let me ask you a question. You've experienced mm-hmm. evaluation. You know the lies of those things. Uh, thank goodness there were individuals who saw your value and spoke into that and gave you opportunities to release that. Now, how are you generating value in others in your world? You know, um, I became a single mom and um, I'm raising, well, I was raising two boys 
And that was really something that I took very seriously because I realized that I am, you know, raising these two boys. And first of all, I want them to grow up respecting women. So even though Mm. that wasn't my personal experience, I had the responsibility of raising two men. Mm. And so, you know, the burden of leading by example became something that was just really front and center. And so I think I quickly realized that I was going to be a role model to them and how I conducted myself was going to be important. And I have a very close relationship with my boys, which meant that I became close to the people that they hung around with. And so after a while, you know, I had a lot of kids calling me auntie. And then I realized that you know what, I have an opportunity to influence the next generation. And so I think the first thing that I had to do, though, was to release the bitterness and unforgiveness that Mm. I was holding towards people that I felt had taken a lot of, you know, the value away from me and realizing that actually I can't hold them responsible for that because I gave them that. So I had to forgive myself. And I think that's the first key in terms of, You know, how do we get out of this? I think it's recognizing that, you know, we have the power to allow other people to make us unhappy if we choose to. And so when we recognize that and take it back for ourselves, it becomes important. So I think that was the first thing that I that I did. But I also have a leadership and mentoring program for young women. And I am drawn to young women, obviously, because of the experiences that I had and wishing that I had people around me at that time. My formative, my formative years where I could speak, you know, to somebody. And so I have a group um, that uh, that I run and I mentor young people, particularly young women around that. And we talk about everything around life. And one of the things that I always tell them is that they are valued, that yes. they are loved and they have something unique to offer. And in my work, you know, I never really thought I'd go into diversity and inclusion. It was you know, work that just found me. But I realized that the core of that is because I really have a strong sense of equity and fighting for social justice mm-hmm. because of my experience. And so I think through my work, I'm able to do that through the various programs that I that I run. And like I mentioned, you know, working with the U.S. consulate, working with the uh, Western Australian government, just really trying to get people to understand the uniqueness that every individual has, which is why diversity and inclusion is so important for me because it's moving away from seeing people as just statistics or numbers to recognizing that every single person has value and every single person has the right to bring their whole self into space and we need to create that. So I think my work is, uh, is a real key in terms of how I am now channeling a lot of this energy and trying to sort of like pay it forward really. Yes. Oh, Fazi, I love you so much. I'm telling you, uh, we really carry the same message, but it's such a healing message. It's so restorative. And um, one thing that really excites me is by you investing your life into others, it helps heal you. You have taken back your power. And one way you have used your power is to help others 
take back their power through forgiveness, by making positive choices. And so you're taking that and you are bringing healing, yes, to individuals, but also to organizations and even nations. And you're doing that right now today. I really honor you. Thank you so much, but I honor you too. And I think that, you know, um, when we get a sense of just recognizing that, you know, the sense of value that we have is being generous with ourselves and our stories because healing for me came in being now vulnerable. And that's one of the Mm. things that, you know, our society has frowned uh, a lot on is this need to be vulnerable and authentic. But I actually found that when I was able to truly share my story, minus the bitterness and, and unforgiveness that keeps us, you know, sort of chained to an issue, when I was able to share the story and recognize that I'm not perfect, but I'm striving to make a difference yes. in the world, it freed other people. And knowing that, you know, my story and my experience, as bad as I thought it was, was healing somebody else and yes. was giving somebody else, you know, the freedom to be able to tell their story was the healing that you're talking about. And I think you're completely, you know, right in the sense that when we actually start giving of ourselves and investing in the lives of other people through our story, we actually start to see a return, get the healing that we want. But then we were able to walk around and be our authentic self. You know, being unapologetically me. That's my tagline, you know, I'm unapologetically and unashamedly me. <laughs> that is just so beautiful. Well, Fozzy, thank you so much for making an investment today and touching the lives of so many that will hear your story. I am thankful that you had the courage to share your story and allow that to do a work in you so that through you, you could impact the lives of so many God bless you so Thanks. much, Fozzy. I'm so glad you were a part of my story. Thank you so much for having me and for creating a space for people to um, be authentic and tell their story. Thank you so Aww. much. I appreciate you and all that you do. Thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for listening to my story. I want to thank you for listening and encourage you to become a part of the Stop Devaluation movement. Be sure to like and follow hashtag Stop Devaluation on social media, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and visit StopDevaluation.com for more information and free resources. You can help spread the movement by sharing with others, leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, and most of all, by living a courageous lifestyle of using your power for good. Go out and value someone today. Your life matters and you can make the world a better place. One word, one choice, one action of validation at a time.